Count it off, Mike. Let's go. Three, two, one. Welcome back. I'm Neil. I'm Pat. I'm Michael. And this is the 411. We're covering everything in the football world. <laughs> Boys, how are we doing this week? Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, God. Neil, I'm doing so good. I got some news. So I don't know if you guys know who Quinn 92 is, but oh, he yeah. invited Thank he's you. gonna I'm gonna be on his live video, his like his Instagram live on Tuesday. Super excited about that. I've already been on two friends. They're these DJs. I've already been on their Instagram lives. I'm gonna have a great quarantine. Mike, how are you? Well, basically, Pat is just a big deal. That's how I can say yeah, it up. So pretty um, much, uh, right. Pat's the man. <laughs> I'm really just getting into the rotation of two pods a week. I'm loving it. Love I hope it. you guys are too. Uh, drop a like right now if you are. You know, um, like so subscribe. come on, yeah, subscribe. Come on, give it everything. Um, yeah, I'm ready to go. Me too. So we have a special guest this week, uh, Jamon McKinney, better known as Juice from the Juice Alert Sports Podcast. Um, he's a student at the University of Toledo, also big fan of the Brown One. Mike, let's get Juice on here. All right. I am trying right now. Hold on. Cueing him up. Yep. And all right. Joining right now. Oh, what's good? Hear us? going on? Yeah, go. All right. What's going on? Not much, man. Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, no of course. Problem. So, Cheers boys, that. today we're going to hop into um, NFC South. So, we're going to do um, now a little bit of analysis from last year. So, what were the standings last year? Comparing them to what do we think they're going to look like this year, especially given all the new additions. Obviously, you know, Tom going to the Bucks, Emmanuel Sanders going to the Saints. You know, a lot of big moves in that division. It's going to be an interesting battle. Juice, take it away. What's your take? Um, as far as the um, Saints or the Bucks? Or just so as up. far as let's start with let's start with the bottom. Let's go Falcons. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like the Falcons, um, you know, I was kind of hit and miss with them last year. I felt that they were not great. Now they did pick it up at the end of last year. You know, the defense wasn't that good. Um, the offensive line really <clears throat> excuse me, struggled um at times to protect Matt Ryan. They really invested in the draft last year by, you know, you know, moving up to get a get an offensive lineman. They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. One of them got hurt and didn't really do anything for them. Um, so, I mean, the offensive line was an issue. I mean, you still got Julio Jones. You still got Calvin Ridley. So, they're going to be able to score some points if Matt Ryan plays his best football. But I don't know, man. I just feel like that Matt Ryan's kind of, you know, past his prime. I think he's still a very good, solid quarterback. But I think he's kind of gone from being slightly, you know, underrated to kind of a little overrated. But I still think Matt Ryan went on is a pretty solid quarterback, you know. But – they, they kind of, you know, rebooted this year. You know, in the in the offseason, they, you know, added Hayden Hurst. They just gave a second-round pick, I believe, for Hayden Hurst, second, third-round pick, something pretty, like that. Pretty big um, asking price for a tight end to his third string on, you know, the Ravens. Yeah, I mean – But, look, I, I think you hit the hammer on the nail when you said about the injuries. I mean, injuries really plagued this team last year. I mean, they cut Devontae Freeman, who for a while was injury-plagued, and now they got Todd Gurley, who is an even bigger sign. problem with his left knee. They got rid of Desmond Trufant, who was their anchor on defense. Let go of Vic Beasley. I mean, they replaced him with Dante Fowler, but that guy was there for a lot of money. Just and a question. Again, yeah, what's up? Just a question for everybody. Do you think this is going to be a rebuilding year for them, or do you think they're actually going to be trying to get this team together and go for something? I think they're going to try to be making a run at something. I mean, what do they have to lose? They have a lot of pieces on offense, and they have, like, Deion Jones on defense. They have some pieces that they can – really start to kind of make a run at if they just have a special year. But, I mean, 
again, I think Matt Ryan, I agree. I think he's past his prime. I just think his numbers have gone down, you know, have less yards, lower completion percentage, less touchdowns, more picks. I think he doubled his picks actually. So I don't know how you can say that he's somehow going to be a better um, player of this, a better quarterback this year with a potentially worse team. I mean, this team cannot compete. They have a loaded division, didn't assess any of the holes in their team. They only have six picks this year, including two fourths and a seventh. I mean, you know, those can turn to the next Tom Brady, but I just don't see that happening. So, I mean, how much can you really do with that? And my phrase for kind of the Falcons just been maybe next year. Yeah, I, I feel like put him in, like, to be honest, this is how I think about it. Put him in a different division, like maybe. Shot, but there's, right, there's but no like, way they're getting past. It's you a loaded division. Best, but there's no way they're going to beat, you know, Tom Brady out for a wild card spot. No way. I don't see it. I'm with you. I, I mean, I feel like that they're kind of a one-trick pony. You know, they have to score a lot of points, you know, yep. you know, win games. And that defense, I mean, the secondary is just not that good. You know, they lost Vic Beasley. They added Dante Fowler, which is, you know, he's a good player, but I don't see him being a dominant pass rusher. So, again, I feel like that if the Buccaneers potentially didn't add Tom Brady, if they still had Jameis Winston, who to me I think is a, still a very good quarterback, just, you know, turning the football over way too much for the Buccaneers. So they need to move on from him. But, um. I mean, I just fight the Falcons. I'd say they're probably going to be around 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7, maybe 7 wins. I just even don't know. I think that's even a stretch. I think, I think that's a just stretch. Like the Packers, I know you're a Packers fan, but I think just like the Packers, they're always supposed to play like 12-4, and 13-3, and they always underachieve. I think the Falcons are just like them ever since the infamous, you know, 20-3. Uh, game. <laughs> I think the offense has some potential. You know, they maybe were top five offense last year. Ah, girl, maybe re- reboots. And again, like like I said, this team, you know, last year they were kind of you know getting better toward the end of the year. But again, I don't trust the Falcons. I don't trust Matt Ryan. You know, particularly yeah. in the clutch yeah, anymore. You know, I like the deal for Todd Gurley. I think that you take a chance on a guy that gets released by the Rams. Do it for one year. That's fine. You know, what if he turns into his old self? That's a very good offense. You know, but again, you know, with the Saints, with the Buccaneers, those, they easily are the third most talented team in that division. And, again, the Panthers, you know, Tay Bridgewater plays pretty well. I think that that team can be a team that's very competitive. But, again, I just don't see the Falcons really putting it all together. <laughs> again, maybe a wild card spot, but I don't see it. Probably 8-8, eight eight, maybe 9-7. Not, I'm sorry, 7-9, and probably, something like that. So, I don't see the Falcons. Me too. And on that note, so I know Pat – I know – Pat told him beforehand had kind of a scorching take regarding the Panthers. So this might be like the biggest it. take in, right. in podcast history. Hold on. So I want to I want to just take it from here. So so I want to start with the Panthers. Two podcasts ago, I said that my sleeper of the entire year was the Panthers. I said I think they're going to do good, and I don't want to repeat myself with the same stuff. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, you can go to our um, NFL sleepers podcast. Right. One thing I've already said with the dual threat of Samuel and Moore. How do we feel about that? Are we confident in that? And will it play a part in deciding this division? Curtis Samuel is not a number two receiver on most teams. I don't even think he has the talent to be a number two receiver. I mean, I think he had, what, 700 yards last year, maybe 650. I don't think he's going to make a jump from 650 to maybe 1,100 in one year, or maybe even like have, 800. But if DJ Moore continues to improve, and that I think that leaves Samuel open to have some – but if DJ Moore continues and the, and to improve, he's going to get more looks. And the addition of Robbie Anderson as well will also open up. Um, I think it's just going to be more of a crowded offense. I mean, your number one playmaker no is Christian McCaffrey. If he's getting 30 to 35 catches a game, and then you have Robbie Anderson as your deep threat, DJ Moore as your uh, like possession guy, where does Curtis Samuel fit in? Your once-in-a-while big play maybe? That's what he was last it's year. How is the defense has to cover. 
And it's also, it gives Bridgewater an extra... But that's extra what Robbie Anderson's going to be. Throw-to. Robbie Not Anderson already moves have, into that number two spot. He'll have those three receivers plus McCaffrey, who had like a thousand, just, I think it was like a thousand and five receiving yards last year. So he, in and of himself, can act as a receiver. So McCaffrey's a thousand-yard receiver. DJ Moore could be a thousand-yard receiver. Teddy Bridgewater is a solid quarterback at best. How do you think he's going to get McCaffrey a thousand yards, DJ Moore at a thousand yards, Robbie Anderson is 800, and Curtis Samuel getting a step up from his 650. I don't see that at all. The receivers won't have big numbers because there's so many of them, but they'll be able to produce for the team equally. So, like, but you said Pat said that Curtis Samuel is going to make a big step, and I don't know how you can say that with a crowded offense. I agree. I agree. There's a crowded offense, Michael. I'm just saying that whether whether that new threat. To, 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 to compliment DJ Moore, be Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel, it's going to leave one of them open because teams are going to game plan for Robbie DJ Anderson, Moore. Not DJ, I feel not like Curtis that, Samuel. hey, Bridgewater's going to kind of just spread the ball around. You know, I right. think that DJ Moore is more of a number two. I think that he's a lower end number one. Um, Again, Curtis Samuel, no, he, he's a solid player. But again, I don't see him being a huge threat. You know, he's a big play threat. He's got some speed. He can go deep. But again, I just feel like the Panthers, you know, they're rebuilding. I, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, once they, you know, said that Ron Rivera was going to be yeah. gone and they fired him. That team looked like a college team. I mean, they really were not that good at the end of the year. Um, They lost to the Redskins, eight, you know. Eight-game losing streak to end out the season. I mean, Kyle Allen was just not that good for them last year. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a very solid quarterback. But, again, he's going from New Orleans town to Carolina Panthers town. So, I mean, yep. look, they're, they're, in a real, they're in a rebuilding year. Will they trade for a quarterback potentially? They got the number seven overall pick. Personally, I don't think so. You know, they brought in P.J. Walker from the XFL, who to me is sort of a project-level player. You know, you you would sort of treat him like a Joe Burrow, like a Tua Tagovailoa as a, as a prospect, you know, kind of like a draft prospect to maybe develop into something. But, again, I don't quite see it. I think they're probably going to give Bridgewater a year or two to be that bridge guy quarterback while they're rebuilding, while Matt Rule is building a culture. I believe in Matt Rule. I do believe if you're, if you're a Panthers fan, you should be a little bit patient because eventually I do believe Matt Rule can turn that team around. But, again – they're probably the third or fourth most talented team in that division. And I think they're going to be very competitive. I think that Matt Rule is going to come in there and establish a good culture. But, again, I don't see them winning the whole thing. I think that's the key. They're establishing a culture right now. I want to say about the team in general. You have the dual threat of, as Michael would like to say, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I like Robbie Anderson. Right. Mm -hmm. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who has proven himself to be a leader. And you have Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league. If not the best. Let's flash back to the 2015 Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, boy. With, with, Cam, with Cam Newton, right? That was a special year. A very special year. This 2020 team is a breath of fresh air for two reasons. Let's think back to that Super Bowl, right? It was majorly an offensive Panthers versus a defensive Broncos, right? I remember watching that game perfectly. Of course, this proves that the, uh, that the Panthers' defense was good enough to get them to the game, but it definitely wasn't their strongest suit. The def- so, meaning that the Panthers have gotten it done, first of all. The Panthers' defense right now is lackluster, to say the least. They need to make some serious additions in the draft, and I think that will come. They're going to have probably some kind of pass rusher as one of their picks. So, let's think about this. So, who was on this so-called high-powered offense? It was, at the time, explosive Cam Newton. Greg Olson, and Jonathan Stewart, who was more or less kind of past his prime. He was on kind of the end of his career. So when I think of those two things, 
why does the 2020 offense sound better than the 2015 offense? Because they had a hell of a defense. The they, defense. They had a, 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 you, had, you had Cam Newton, who was playing like an MVP. I mean, true. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's very true. He's, he's very good. He was very Didn't good he win him. MVP that year or he the did. year prior or he something? Yeah. He was the MVP that year. But think about Tyler like this. Bridgewater is not an MVP quarterback. I don't even not think he's all. a top 15 quarterback. Not at all. Joe um, could be. They won't. Joe, <laughs> Joe who could be an MVP? Christian McCaffrey. Running back, quarterback. Quarterback is way more yeah, important than a running that back. Last year. What's that? Remember when you said Christian McCaffrey was going to be. I remember. I remember. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> but he could have, dude. I will it bleach just, my hair. He was a candidate for a while. He tailed off, but he was a candidate for a while. He was yeah. 100% a candidate. So if you, if you have an MVP candidate in your offense, MVP candidate Cam Newton, MVP candidate Chris. But as McCaffrey. a running back, dude, if you have a crazy wide receiver tandem with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel, and you have an average quarterback at Teddy Bridgewater, how, is, how are the wide receivers going to be able to excel if they don't have an MVP quarterback to get it to them? I don't think you need an MVP quarterback. I think the Panthers do, given their defensive situation. Dude, I don't think I, Christian McCaffrey is going to carry this team. They lost the last eight games of the year last year, which is where McCaffrey had some of his best games. And, so and when is, he's playing at his best, the defense still can't hold up other teams. And, yeah, this is, and, I, and personally, I think this is – Panthers defense. They lost Luke Keithley, too, who was a big leader for that defense. So, I mean right, – Exactly. I mean, I, I like Brian Burns. He has some potential. He, he showed a lot of flashes as a rookie. But, again, I don't think the Panthers have a complete team to really compete. I mean – Not at all. Christian McCaffrey's good, no doubt. He's very good. I think that Tay Bridgewater is one of the more solid quarterbacks in the NFL. But, again – I don't know if he's elite. He's definitely not elite. But what have we seen from Bridgewater? I think our, our image of Bridgewater is being so cloudy. Well, yeah, he had a good he, year in Minnesota a couple years ago. He led them yeah, to the title. He, but. He had, yeah, but then last year, he's in a loaded Saints offense, faces the bottom five schedule in the NFL, has a quarter of the game plan, and is playing with the likes of Michael Thomas, the best wide receiver in the league, and Alvin Kamara, who's like a top 10, top five running back. When you go to – Huh? He was definitely more of a game manager. He wasn't carrying the yes. team. Yes, no doubt. So I don't think you can go to the Panthers, who have a worse O-line, a better running back, but probably a worse number one receiver in DJ Moore and think that he's going to do yeah, and he's going to do better. That it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know how you can say that the Panthers, I, they will get better, better than 5-11. and 11. They'll probably go 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. But I don't know how you can say this team's going to be a playoff team. I, I'm, I think – they're not going to win the division, first of all. If they get into the playoffs, it's going to be wild card. I don't know. We'll see. Seven seed, lucky. All I'm saying is that this defense could build to the draft. I, th- I think okay. this defense, there are some decent candidates. They've only Maybe got Derek seven Brown. picks. Maybe Derek Brown is there at number seven? Isaiah Simmons yeah. out of Clemson, too. He's not going to be there at fall. seven. I mean, if the Giants take offensive tackle with the number four overall pick, then Simmons probably – would drop. Then again, do the Chargers pass on him? I mean, they pro- they might take a quarterback. They might not. There's been some reports they're comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, it all depends on what happens with the Giants and what the Lions try to do. Because I think the Lions, they, they might try to trade they can down. go for Jeffrey Okuda. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, I think they'll go with Jeffrey Okuda. I think so. Too. I don't understand personally. I don't know why Lions fans. I, I like Jeffrey Okuda a lot, but I think Isaiah Simmons is the way to go. But that, again, that's what they want to do. Knock your socks off, Matt Patricia. Hey, whatever. Yeah. My thing – so, the, the, the second thing with the, the Panthers is that I do feel like Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback is a breath of fresh air for them. Because you got to think about Cam Newton, who was a little flashy. He was a little – you know, he was Cam Newton. So, I mean and – then, and then you take a guy like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, and in a, in a thing he was asked to um, – he was asked to be like, oh, like, how are your scores, like, your, your, your personal stats? And he was like, those mean nothing to me. 
He's majorly a team player. And when you're eight years old and you love football and you're watching Super Bowl 50 and you watch Cam Newton dive away from that key fumble, to me, that doesn't show a leader. What do you, what do you, what do you guys think about that? I don't think Cam Newton was a good leader at all. But I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is any better as a leader. I do. And I think I agree with what Pat said in that Teddy Bridgewater is a lot less egotistical, um, you know, very less likely to become that cancer in the locker room, as we've talked about time and time again. But I think Bridgewater, you know, given the position, obviously he had the weapons in New Orleans last year and didn't completely lead the team, but he led the team to a degree. I mean, he's the quarterback. And I think this year in, in uh, Carolina, um, he'll really so show some signs of the fact that he can, he can lead a football team. I disagree. I, I thousand percent disagree. I don't think he's really? capable of doing it. He had a better tight end, better wide receiver, better O-line, better defense, better coach. When you have all those things, you cannot lose when you were playing with a quarter of the playbook and the bottom five teams in the NFL or the bottom 10 teams. I could win a few games as quarterback. <laughs> Anybody can win. I, I just don't think it. you can go to a worse system, a worse potentially Matt Rule could be good, but a worse coach, worse O line, worse receivers, and think that you're going to lead this team to even be eight and eight against a relatively hard schedule. I, I actually see the Panthers being competitive. I see about I see six and ten probably. I think they're going to be competitive. But you have to travel and play the Buccaneers twice and the Saints twice. Those are four losses right there. Not necessarily. I'm not saying they're going to be good. Yes. I'm just necessarily. That's all I'm saying. I don't think they're going to be good. They're not going to be a contender. All right, all right. So let's dive in. Um, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yeah. What are we thinking? Michael, dive into this one. Uh, well, I actually don't have a lot because okay. I want to I wanna hear all from you about, the, about this. But I think, in my opinion, we're getting to the more interesting teams. Yep. Uh, besides signing Brady, I don't debate like besides is the highlight of like the decade of signings, but they didn't make any crazy moves. I mean, they signed like some, uh, depth offensive tackle. They let go of Brashad Perryman. I don't know where, I think, not sure Tyler where he went, but he's a solid receiver. And, but I wanted to get into some of the rumors that are kind of okay. brewing right now. There's a rumor that Rob Gronkowski, ex-Patriot, probably a uh, future hall of famer is strongly considering a return to the NFL to um, go to the Buccaneers to play with Tom Brady. So he can Brady. go from two brain cells to one remote. Yeah, no. So my initial thoughts, in, so I, w- I want to see what your initial thoughts are. Is my initial thoughts focus? are – Is it a big deal? Anything. What is it? My initial thoughts are I think this is probably just a rumor. It could happen. I – I don't know. He wants to I just in. hope he doesn't go into announcing like Jason Witten because that was torture. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. That, that's all I got on he that. He already did announce last year. He was on like Sunday Night Football a few times. He Bron- wasn't bad. Yeah. Juice, what are your thoughts? On the Buccaneers? Just mm-hmm. on Gronk. Oh, Gronk. I don't think Gronk returns. I think that Gronk is into the broadcasting. They already got two very good tight ends. I think that O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray are pretty good. Obviously not a, pro, a prime Rob Gronkowski, but, I mean, it's one of the best tight end groups in all of football. So, I mean, I don't think they really need to pull the trigger on Gronk. Uh, I, think, I think it's a smoke screen. I don't see it. I don't know. I think O.J. Howard is extremely overhyped. Maybe Brady's a little bit better because he plays well with tight ends, but – I, I think OJ Howard's a great player. I think he's I think he's overhyped, but I think that he's still a very yeah. soft tight end. Cameron Brake caught for like four hundred yards last year. How good is Gronk gonna be when he comes back? I mean, is he gonna be in shape anymore? I, when you're thirty one years old and you got a year, you know, under your belt from being able to recover, I think that does a lot, especially to Gronk. 
He, he was very injured. I, I definitely see this team finishing 10-6 at second place. Um, I think Tom and this offense are really going to start adapting to each other. I think Tom being given these weapons is really going to help him this season. Um, Bruce Aaron said, I think a couple days ago, a week ago, that Tom will know this offense in two days, in like two days. This is obviously kind of an exaggeration, um, but it shows the confidence in, that Arians has and the fact that, all right, we're going to bring in this 42-year-old veteran that's been doing it, you know, his way for years, and I think he's going to be fine adjusting to the system. I just feel like we're all for – first of all, I'm a Patriots fan until I die. But we're all forgetting how much of a very mad year Brady had last year. What's going to – look, he's got, new, he's got new weapons. He's got new receivers, much better than the Patriots do. No doubt about that. He's, he's still 40, what, two? He's going to be 43 in August. 43 in August. In August. He'll be 43 this season. Is anything really going to change? I think something will change. I do, too. I, I, I feel like he's going to have more weapons, but he's still 43. I don't know. Just start. Just start. Hold on. All right. So I'm. I I'm gonna say this right now. I made a video a couple. I would say about a month or two ago, saying that the Buccaneers were one of the four up and coming teams in the NFL. So I'm not just jumping on the Buccaneers bandwagon because Tom Brady. I felt this team was on the rise already. I felt that next year, if Jameis cuts on cuts down his turnovers, this team could be a playoff team. And ultimately, I'm gonna go to the defense actually because I think the defense is one of the most underrated units in all of football. Probably the most underrated unit in all of football. Okay. Levante David, Devin White. The run defense, not the pass defense. The run defense is very good. The front seven, I like it. I, I like, um, what's his name? Vita Vea. Yeah, Vita Vea. He's very good. And mm-hmm. Nadal Gatsu, very good defensive tackle. Maybe they add Javon Kinlaw. Maybe they add a defensive lineman in the draft. We shall see. Um, I really like um, I really like Shaq Barrett. He had a career year. JPP, yeah. career year. So they got very good defensive front with the D tackles, two good edge rushers, two good linebackers. Now, secondary is a question, I will admit. The secondary does need some work. But, again, if they add another quarterback or two in the draft, maybe, I think this team can maybe take a step. And let's not forget, these guys are young. They've been drafting these guys for a while. They've been drafting defensive backs. Maybe they pan out this year. We shall see. So, I will admit the secondary is a little bit shaky. But I will say, Tom Brady, I feel like he's got something to prove this year, man. I really do. They may not win the division, but I think that they could potentially go further than the Saints, and I might trust them more than the Saints in the playoffs. Simply because trust them more than the Saints in the – wow. That's a Brady? hot take. That's a hot Brady, take. Man. But I, I just think, you know, you have to play against quarterbacks of the likes of Drew Brees. I know what I said about Teddy B, but he's still in the division. Teddy B and Matt Ryan. Those are three pretty solid quarterbacks, and you have to travel and play them six times. Now, can that Bucks defense – compete with the likes of those quarterbacks? My quick answer is no. Can, can those teams keep up with that high-powered offense is my question. Now, I will say this. I think that the they Saints need to can. Try. I know for sure the Saints can. And the Falcons probably can, too. They had a top-five offense last year. Yeah, I don't like that Falcons. Too much. And Matt Ryan's going to choke it away when he gets a chance. <laughs> I don't see it. Postseason, not the regular season. Dude, well, also, he, is he that, hasn't made the playoffs in, like, two seasons. So what's he dude, is that, also, is that Falcons defense really that special? Falcons defense is not that I'm not saying it is. I just said earlier, I think this, the defense is awful. Uh, a dream scenario for the Buccaneers, I think, is if they can add Henry Ruggs that, that, to that wide receiver. Oh, my God. Yes. You get Henry Ruggs with Mike the Evans. Buccaneer, no, that would be a cheat code. Whoa, that'd be great. I mean, they got some great tight ends. That's the one thing Tom Brady was complaining about in New England was, I didn't have weapons. I didn't have weapons. And I will admit, Tom Brady, there was some blame to be had on him. You know, he missed some throws. He wasn't his best. He is, he is not, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's not. You know, 
running around making a bunch of plays like he used to. He's still a very good quarterback. I think he's still top 10. But, I mean, he's not elite anymore. He's, he's probably borderline elite, still above average. But, again, I think if you give Tom Brady those weapons, I think he's got something to prove. He said a couple weeks ago that I'm going to prove to myself that I can do this. And I think that he's going to – You have to prove. <laughs> he won I, six years. I don't think he has anything to prove to anyone but himself, like I said. And I think that he's – Yeah, I agree. It's like, I'm leaving Bill Belichick. Let's show Bill Belichick that. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, I think most of it has to be because he's away from Belichick now. So he's got to show the world, hey, I can win without Bill. That, that's my take. So let's, let's quickly touch upon um, Saints. So my prediction for the Saints is they finish out on, on top again. They were actually the only team in the NFC South last year with a winning record um, at 13-3. and three. I think they dropped to 12-4 and four this year. So they went 6-2 and two at home last year. Um, I see them losing to Niners at home, Chiefs at home, and then away losses to both the Bucks and the Broncos. And I think if anyone has a shot to beat the Saints, it's Tom Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. Uh, I also see – Breeze choking in mile high. The Broncos are nine and two all time against the Saints. Uh, five of the five of those nine wins came in Denver, and Breeze personally is two and eight all time against Denver. I'm the Broncos Rand- are very underrated. Agreed. Random fun fact: um, Breeze suffered his first major pro injury against the Broncos in 05. Um, it was this, like this brutal shoulder hit from Gerard Warren just because the guy was pissed off. It was, it was a ridiculous hit, um, but. But, yeah, that's all I got on Saints. Jews, I think this team take? goes – oh, take? My take? I mean, I think the Saints are loaded, man. I think that they addressed some of their biggest issues in the offseason. You know, the one thing that I kept preaching, you know, in my videos that I made was that the Saints, they needed someone else to compliment Michael Thomas. I mean, I think that Drew Brees is still very good, but maybe quite – doesn't have quite the juice, I would say, come postseason time. You know, I understand that they kind of got, you know, robbed versus the Rams a couple – you know, last year. But, again, Drew Brees did not play well in that second half. They allowed the Rams to stay around in that game, and Drew Brees just couldn't get it done in the clutch. And this past year versus the Vikings, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he could win a big game and save his life, and he marches right in, right in there and says, hey, Drew Brees, I'm going to beat you. So, I mean, you know <laughs> – I feel like the Saints, they addressed their biggest issue. You know, they needed a number two wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders, excellent addition. Jared Cook, he was playing really well at the end of the year. You know, he had some chemistry issues with Drew Brees early in, this, early in the season, I would say. They really started getting things going toward the end of the year. And, again, the Saints, they were right there, man. They were 13-3. Had they have beaten the 49ers at home, they'd probably get that one seed and probably march to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if they would have been able to keep up with Mahomes in that offense. But either way, I think the Saints are going to be right there. They probably will win the division because I think they're a little bit better right now than the Buccaneers on paper. The Buccaneers have some holes to fill up. I do think the Buccaneers could close that gap in the draft potentially. But, again, I don't know. I just feel like there's always something that's going to go wrong with the Saints. I really do. I think they could use another cornerback to compliment Jen- Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore. But, again, it's a loaded roster. And if Drew Brees is about that life, they'll get it done. I really think so. They this brought is back everyone. I think this is his last opportunity because – we saw at the end of the year, he kind of was struggling a little bit. So, again, definitely. Tom Brady's older, but Drew Brees is still older as well. So, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. All right, Juice. Thanks for coming on, thanks man. Thanks so much, Juice. Yeah, no problem, man. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, boys. I, I think we just about wrapped up. Boys, uh, very nice. Click it up, boys. Get it in there. Let's go. I'm Neil. I'm Pat. I'm Michael. And we'll see you next time. Let's go. Oh. It's all right. <laughs>